Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Healthy Harrison podcast, a show we've been presenting each week at this time, uh, and uh, our purpose being to change your state, our little tagline. And what we mean by that is uh, to provide ways for you to live healthier lives, and we hope uh, happier lives, and create a stronger community. I'm your host, Gary Bowden, and uh, my co-host each week is Amy Haberbosch-Wilson. Amy is the Executive Director of the Harrison County Economic Development Corporation and also the Vice President of Healthy Harrison. Amy, welcome. Thank you. Good welcome afternoon, everyone. And, Thank you. Uh, let me ask you first, what, tell, tell us what, 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 did, what do you do each week to carve out? You're a busy woman uh, with your job and your, your involvement with this organization. How do you carve out some Amy time out of all of that? Um, well, I think it's priorities. You decide what you want to carve out time for. And this is extremely important to me, I think, in my professional as well as my personal. Um, as far as just being healthy, I think we have to have a healthy workforce. I know we have to have a health, healthy workforce. I want a healthy community for my children where I want to live. So this is really important to me and it's exciting. Well, each week at this time, in order to help all of us, Amy, you and everyone else around, uh, we, uh, we focus on individuals who support in a fashion the myth, mission of Healthy Harrison. Uh, these folks either implement or support programs that foster measurable improvements to the health and well-being of citizens in North Central West Virginia, because um, what we're designing is a template of sorts that we hope we can take out to other communities around the state um, and to the in entire state uh, at some point. Our, our show is being streamed live on Healthy Harrison's Facebook page, also on the statewide distribution network of WVU News, no, WV News. Boy, it's hard separating WV, <laughs> WV everything from WVU everything. I'm so used to saying WVU. The statewide uh, distribution network of WV News. Um, so onward and upward, our guest today is Chris Campbell, the president and CEO of Resolutions Counseling Incorporated. Chris, thanks for joining us. Hey. Good to be here, guys. Hello, everyone. Sorry for Hello. the long-winded intro, and I'm going to add a few more to it here as we let people know a little bit about who you are. Chris is a has a bachelor's of science from WVU, a master's in biblical studies from Trinity Theological Seminary, a master's in professional counseling from Liberty University. He's a member of the American Association of Christian Counselors, certified associate and staff member of Freedom in Christ Ministries USA, founder and director of Generation Freedom Ministries, plus 30 years in pastoral professional counseling. Um, Chris, thanks for joining us. We're all out of time. <laughs> it, it's obvious from that litany of uh, schooling and professional work that there's a religious foundation to the work you, you do. I mentioned pastoral professional counseling. What is that? Uh, it's interesting. You know, I, I think that uh, I think so much of uh, what pastors do is a lot of listening, uh, a lot of a lot of support roles with a, a certain collection of people in faith community. And uh, so there 
uh, I think there's a, a, a bit of a differentiation between what we would say is professional psychotherapy, which is what I do now, uh, with an integrated approach to that with faith versus you're working sort of in, uh, you know, more of a closed community of faith, supporting people through different phases of, uh, you know, life phase development and so forth. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I was going to point out that I, I think today we, uh, we seem to hear, I, I know I do, I, I seem to hear more about the counseling profession these days. I, I guess it's because of the, the drug abuse pro- problem locally and nationwide, um, certainly issues stemming from the pandemic. Mm. Uh, have these and other problems had an increased impact on the health of our communities and our citizens? Well, yeah, I think uh, I think the short, obvious answer is yes, and yeah. we're we're really trying to figure out uh, in what to what extent. I think we're going to need a few years to really wrap our minds around, uh, you know, what it is that we're living through now, and then to be able to to somehow uh, determine, you know, the extent of the impact. Uh, that it's had. Uh, but this is a, uh, you know, it's a very interesting place that we live here in North Central West Virginia uh, in different ways. Uh, you know, I think there's a convergence of, um, you know, I would say a couple of different cultures here uh, that exist. I think there's a, there's a certain uh, microcosm of uh, a bigger city that exists up on the, you know, the, the tech cor- corridor here on I-79. Uh, we get a lot of influx, a lot of transition uh, people uh, in on this part, but you don't have to go too much further east or west of I-79 uh, through Harrison, Marion, Mon County before you find, you know, just the, the quality salt of the earth roots of Appalachia and the people that exist there generationally, families. And uh, so um, so it's an interesting mix of uh, two cultures. And then we do have our unique set of challenges and our storyline here that I think is uh, I think it's it's very relevant uh, here to uh, what we're trying to accomplish with Healthy Harrison and starting with uh, North Central West Virginia. What inspired you to get into this profession? Uh, Okay, that's a that's a uh, I guess that's a lifelong journey uh, of a a question. Uh, But uh, it wasn't just a lightning bolt then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no it, it wasn't. I, uh, you know, you mentioned I have a bachelor's of science. That's in civil engineering uh, from WVU. Okay. Uh, I always had a knack for math and science. I, I'm, I'm a local boy. I grew up in uh, Good Hope, uh, West Virginia, if people know where that is, near Jane Lou, uh, yeah. back in the, uh, in the 70s, early 80s, and then uh, went to WVU. I, uh, I like the idea of civil engineering and ended up, uh, you know, doing a lot of work with FEMA, uh, had a job with the state as a bridge engineer. And I, I've always felt like I've been a person who can uh, bridge gaps, so to speak. And so that was a, a, the civil engineering role that I was in for about five years uh, out of college is a really good metaphor uh, for my life to where it's, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, how to construct, you know, the bridges that, uh, that fill in the gaps in people's, in people's lives. And um, always had a heart uh, towards dealing with, uh, especially adolescents, uh, high risk youth, teens. Um, I, uh, I really began stepping into more of a ministry, a traditional ministry platform through youth ministry, seminary, so forth. Ended up for a time um, living in Northern Virginia, Loudoun County, DC metro area, 
uh, was part of a, just a, a vibrant, uh, really fun uh, ministry over there as a, as a lead campus pastor. And then about a decade ago, uh, through just some different events, uh, got involved with um, a human trafficking task force uh, that we were that we were launching. We were just becoming aware of uh, you know of, of the reality of that underworld and uh, the risk that are involved there and the brokenness that that sort of funneled people into that type of oppression. And uh, a lot of a lot of that led to uh, just more wanting to be equipped, wanting to know how to step into the world of mental health and to, you know, bridge those gaps there for people. And that's, that's sort of the high altitude view of, uh, mm-hmm. of how I am where I am now. And then, uh, you know, providentially, I think I ended up back here in my, in my own backyard again, to where I was able to create something that's, uh, that's unique and being able to step in and uh, serve Harrison County like this. High altitude, but that seems also very deep, <laughs> heavy. Um, so I would think dealing with a multitude of these mental health issues that you do regularly would require a particular mental skill set that you have to have. Um, you'd almost have to have that. I, th- I think I think much of it is just uh, listening, and uh, there's a there's a skill set that's that I find is very important that you see. Uh, in people who really turned out to be very, very helpful. And that's, that's called attunement. And it's not a term that uh, it's not a term that that's widely known. Uh, but uh, if you're, if you listen to an orchestra that's synchronizing, you know, at the, at, before they begin to make their music, they're doing attunement and, uh, and they're, they're making sure that they're, that they're really dialed into one another as far as musically goes. And from a psychotherapy standpoint, attunement is just the, uh, the ability to recognize and respect the inner world of another person. It's being able to say, I see you, I hear you. I understand this is hard. I'm glad to be here with you in this and we will walk this out together. I like that. I'm taking notes. So <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah. Health, uh, Healthy Harrison actually addresses issues that we hear a lot about um, obesity, diabetes, smoking. Um, what are some of the regular issues that you address in North Central West Virginia? What are you seeing right here? From a mental health we've got standpoint. Them all over, right. Yes, we've got them all over the state. Um, they somewhat vary, but I think we all, they're overlapping. We have the same issues. I know I had a trip to Japan, Nagoya, Japan. Uh, been to other states, you ask what their issues are, and a lot of them will say the same thing that we're dealing with here. But mm. anything particular that you're seeing in North Central West Virginia that you're dealing with? I, I think we, uh, I think we address a broad gamut, the broad gamut of mental health, and uh, of course, you know, uh, we're 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 known for the opioid issue, uh, the opioid opioid addiction, and opioid uh, issues here in our state. Of course, that's tied to a, an intense amount of grief and loss uh, through, you know, the deaths that result or incarceration uh, that results from that addiction. I think something else, too, is uh, that people often overlook is that we have a large population of ex-combat military vets here uh, that have seen action and have had challenges reintegrating into civilian life with, with PTSD. Uh, I think something else that that makes us unique with what we see here is uh, a lot of people don't know this, but West Virginia commonly ranks number one per capita in in the United States with displaced children. Uh, 
And uh, so that introduces a lot of, uh, you know, childhood issues, the onset of personality disorders, uh, attachment disorders, anxiety, depression, all those sort of things, uh, I think are, are very real here. And then we also have an aging population. So with that, you know, we have people trying to figure out, you know, retirement in uncertain times, caring for parents, uh, the onset of health issues. Uh, you know, at, uh, in the twilight years of their age or earlier than what they had supposed. And so it's, uh, you know, I, I think, I think we can, we can look at it and say, yeah, yeah, we look about the same as other places in the world, but there are some very, very unique nuances to what the good folks here in North central West Virginia really, um, you know, have to, have to, uh, deal with. Have to yeah. address. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, are the, the mental health issues that you deal with directly connected, intertwined with the more physical concerns that, that, that Amy mentioned, the obesities, the diabetes, the uh, smoking, things like that? Yeah, I would say definitely. Uh, you know, uh, from a personal construct of mental health, uh, I really uh, buy into a, a trichotomy of a human being. And what I, what I mean by that is, is I think a, a person uh, is not just a, a physical entity, but we're uh, psychologically there, we're body, soul, we're spirit, all three of those things together. And uh, the best illustration I can give of that are, you know, just the, uh, the collapsible three-legged camp stools that I think we've, we've all used from time to time. They, they fold up nice, but, and then you unfold them, you've got three legs. And if you can imagine trying to find a bit of stability or even trying to get equilibrium with one of those three legs missing or the three legs of those stool not being at equal length, um, it just is nearly impossible to find your balance with that. And so I think the physical aspect of the way we live our lives uh, has everything to do with our overall quality of life, as well as the spiritual and the mental psychological end of that. As organizations like Healthy Harrison strive to build healthier communities, we really can't end at creating walking programs and providing nutrition education then? No, no. I, I And, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, the, the idea of wellness has to be holistic. And I think, I think we've never been more ready to receive that than here where we are in the 21st century, especially coming through, uh, you know, what has been one of the most challenging years, definitely of this generation with 2020, um, yeah, it, it needs to be a holistic approach that has both short-term and long-term strategies involved with it. Well, that leads me into the, I guess, the next question. You mentioned 2020, what we've all had to go through, um, way worse than others in certain areas, but what impact has COVID, do you think, has had on mental health and some of the people that you've had to help through this condition, doctors, counselors, uh, patients that you've had to deal with? It's of a broad range there. Yeah, you know, uh, I think 2020 was was unnerving, if I can use that for a lot of people. Um, you know, here, here's it. what yeah, here's here's what we know. Uh, if you want to spike anxiety and stress in a person's life, then introduce a lot of uncertainty. Uh, uncertainty is definitely connected to that. If you want to frustrate a person and get them angry. 
then uh, block some of their goals, some of their dreams, their mm. schedule. If you want to get a person really into a place of, of uh, despair or depression, uh, then, um, you know, set them up with unrealistic expectations. And uh, so 2020 converged all of those things, you know, together. And I think, uh, I think it means, I think, uh, you know, the way that that COVID struck, uh, you know, this region in particular means different things to different age group, different professions, uh, you know, different geographical locations, even here in our immediate North Central area. Uh, but, uh, but I do think that it put, uh, you know, a, a new load of mental duress that we were not prepared for, nor I do I think you, you actually can really prepare for what we are still walking through and did walk through last year. Does it help locally and around the state, the communities have WVU and WVU Medicine um, to partner with, to hold hands with? Uh, we've found them to be great in the economic development field. Uh, but it has been helpful for you? Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, it's, uh, I won't get into the weeds on this, but, you know, in any sort of what we would say socioeconomic, uh, you know, uh, especially, a, a, you know, a, a system that exists, you've got different layers of that beyond the individual, you've got micro systems that the, that the individual interfaces with, that could be school, family, churches, their immediate job. And then there are these larger exosystem or that, that we would call maybe a macro system entities. And that's state and local government, big business, you know, employers and things like that. And often there's a, there's a real disconnect there uh, between not just, you know, the larger picture influencers uh, in our, in our culture, but also the micro systems as well, where the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. There's a disconnect on that. And then even how to partner in strategic ways to help individuals and individual families. And I think one of the things that we are learning, you know, coming through 2020, when it comes to assistance and helping folks is, you know, being able to partner in the right ways with people who can introduce uh, you know, networking uh, that is not cumbersome, but is hand in hand introducing people to the right to the right people and syncing up with uh, with a high degree of efficiency. Chris, uh, in in your role with Resolutions Counseling, which you founded, uh, you have your own podcast. How does that platform help you reach out to and connect with people? Well, let me let me say quick, uh, Larry Bell, uh, who was a longtime resident of Harrison County, actually founded Resolutions. Oh, okay. I took o I took over from him in uh, 2016. He moved to Virginia. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so we we created a podcast because the, the specific type of of integrated counseling that that we do. And so we're talking about faith based professional, uh, you know, therapy uh, is uh, is not something that's widely available. And uh, without we we don't really advertise or anything. And, and immediately I had a, a waiting list into the dozens, you know, of people just wanting, uh, to, you know, to get in and to begin. Uh, you know, some intentional effort in addressing mental health issues. Um, and we thought, boy, we've got we've to create something here to, to give more help on a broader spe spectrum to people. So, so we created the, the Resolutions podcast. Uh, my co-host uh, and I, Michael Gum, 
Uh, and we, we basically just wanted to start with simple mental health issues, but rather than approaching it from an academic standpoint, we wanted to just invite people on the store on the show with just an interesting story to tell something that people can relate to. And then they could, they could give sort of a pathway of, uh, of success, you know, as far as the obstacles that they'd overcome. And, uh, Again, we we meant it to be something utilized locally, uh, but uh, but it's 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 grown. Uh, we have uh, subscribers from all over the U.S. and even internationally. So uh, it's been something that we did not expect would be uh, responded to like that. But I think it I think it testifies to the void that's there and the hunger that people have to, you know, just to receive any bit of encouragement or help you know, as they're trying to sort through the day-to-day -day life issues that we all face. I would suspect that most of us have a very narrow definition or understanding uh, of what mental health issues are. For you, I'm thinking it's a lot broader. There's a lot more little pieces that fall under that tent. Can you describe some of the varying issues that you think, I mean, I, I know it's not just pandemic and drug problems and things like that. Tell us the other things that, that fall into that mental health concern. Maybe the best way to answer that, Gary, is to, is to tell you what, what I think most people recognize intuitively what good mental health is. And, uh, and I think that that begins with just a sense of peace that's not emotional, it transcends that, but there's a piece of, there's a, there's a sense of peace and centeredness inside in the deepest part of your psyche uh, that regardless of, you know, what you may be facing, regardless of what circumstances are there, you're able to self-regulate, you're able to engage in critical thinking, and you are able to reach out for the right type of resources that will be of some assistance. And I think beyond just a, a deep sense of, of peace, uh, I think that resilience is another part of that. Uh, you know, some people would call that grit, uh, mm -hmm. but just the ability to, to keep things simple and to just put one foot in front of the other, let, you know, today worry about today. And, uh, you know, those are the things that people who are able to manage uh, their lives and to keep, you know, a very positive, optimistic, forward look, you know, that's going to serve them. Those are the, those are the primary traits that, that, uh, that really serve people well. So the things that would stand in the way of a person being at peace, right. being able to emotionally regulate, being able to rationally think through, uh, you know, this, the, you know, the sequential decision-making that we all have to do to take a bit of intentional control of our lives, that which we can manage. Those are the things that, that, uh, you know, we try to address whether or not we put a label on that, as far as what is a mental illness or a mental disorder, a mood disorder, a personality disorder, uh, that's, that's helpful when you're trying to categorize that working in conjunction with physicians and other people who are part of the, uh, you know, of the corporate care of an individual, but really in the counseling room, uh, you know, those are the things that we're looking to restore to a person's life. Does that make sense? I'm not sure I answered your question with that, but does that, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I actually was looking for um, possibly some specific types of behaviors or concerns or problems that 
cause people to lose that sense of peace? What, what gets them off track? Well, I think, uh, I think that that's a, that's a pretty broad question. It is. I'll, I'll, it I'll is. try to, I'll try to narrow that down, but, um, but I think a lot of that begins in the, the narrative that begins in our childhood. Uh, each of us are storytellers and we, from an early, early time in our lives, uh, whether we consciously or subconsciously realize this, we are telling ourselves a story on the inside that tries to make sense of who we are and how we fit in the world around us. And how do we explain the things that we have experienced, are experiencing and hope to experience. And I think that anytime something challenges, you know, that sense of the narrative that we're telling ourselves, or if something, you know, imposes in on that, and it strikes a chord, maybe that, that, uh, you know, that has a sense of unfairness or, or, um, or, or, or injustice to us, those sort of things, you know, can really, um, can really bind us up and, and throw us off and, and stunt, you know, what would be a normal, you know, trajectory for good mental health and, um, and psychological development. So I think a part of what you're asking does go back to, you know, our, our experience in life. And as it begins, you know, as a child and how we perceive the world around us and the story we tell ourselves about what it is that's actually happening. Uh, and I guess I'll take that further. Sorry, go ahead, Gary. Let me, let me throw in our sponsors real quick, because I failed to do that at the top of the show. Uh, Amy, I want to recognize uh, WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, uh, WVU, the State Journal, uh, WVNews.com, got it right that time, and Interaction Media. Okay, Amy, go ahead. All right, thank you. No, I just want to take that just a little bit further, um, and I agree with it. I love it, but sometimes I guess it takes a while. It comes with, to find that level of peace, comes with age, comes with wisdom. And then you have this younger generation. Um, they seem to struggle a lot more than what the baby boomers did or the generation X. It just, it seems like there's a lot more mental issues. I don't know if they're just highlighted now, but they seem to struggle a lot more than what we all did. Do you feel that that's accurate? Do you feel that the, the issues are still there? They've just changed a little? Uh, I think that's an accurate perception. I, I think it's, I think it's somewhat accurate or inaccurate. Accurate. Say? That's accurate. an accurate. Okay. Okay. I think that's an accurate perception. The, the, the trouble is how do we measure it? You know, because I think from generation to generation, uh, things change, the challenges change. Sometimes there are passive challenges uh, that are just as uh, insurmountable in our, you know, that we feel like as maybe in previous generations, you know, more of the aggressive challenges were there. You know, I think of, uh, of course, the, uh, the builders who saved the world through the crisis of World War II. You know, that's, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, and today, uh, you know, I don't know that, um, that the uh, that the impact of the things that are happening around us are less; they're just different. And uh, and I think that with each um, with each generation, especially, you know, I would guess with the onset of technology, that presents a whole other level of benefits. And also, there's some drawbacks to that as well. And we try to figure that out in real time without the benefit of the the you know learning as we go because it's such rapid succession that's not a direct answer to your question uh but um but i do think that um that there's 
probably less stigma now than ever uh, over, uh, you know, just really being open about uh, mental health issues. Uh, conversation has probably never been more encouraged than, than what it is now with younger generation, whether that's healthy dialogue or unhealthy dialogue. Uh, so, uh, so I would, I would, I would agree that that's, that's probably accurate, but exactly how do we compare that generationally? We're, we're not really sure of that yet. Right. Yeah. I talked to my father and then I talked to people my age and then my children. So with a different generational gap, there are similar issues. Um, do you treat them the same? Do you treat a young person with some of these issues, uh, the same as an adult? Uh, I think, I think the remedy uh, is is very similar, but the pathway to get to that point is very, very different. Yeah. Very, very, very different, you know. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll give you an example of, of just, you know, sort of the, the, the patience that it may take with building rapport and trust and attunement, especially as we're talking about younger and younger generations. Um, I, uh, and I'll be very careful that there be no way that I'm breaking confidentiality <laughs> right. here, but, but, uh, but years ago, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was working with uh, a young man, an adolescent and, uh, you know, had just become really unmotivated, uh, parents believed that that he was suffering from depression and they were pointing to you know just the way he had dropped off the chart uh, as far as his scholastics failing unmotivated and so forth very very concerned uh, and as a matter of fact one of his parents was an educator and uh, so that was something that was a you know just very valued in their family and uh, so as I'm, I'm working with this person to try to you know gently measure you know to what extent may depression be in play here? To what extent is anxiety in play? Um, this, this young man uh, finally let out a big sigh and leaned back in, in his chair and said, I don't understand what the big deal is about education anyway. And I said, what do you mean? You don't, you don't understand how important it is to learn? And he said, no. He said, whenever I need to know something, I just ask, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's like, okay, that, that says a lot, you know, because there's a, there's an assumption that, you know, artificial intelligence even can just be blindly trusted and you, whenever you need it, you ask, but information and knowledge is different than wisdom, as we all know, and you don't yeah. know what you don't know at an, at, a, at an early, early age, but we, you know, the three of us, we remember what it was like to be a teenager and we were thoroughly convinced that we had a firm grip on the world when the the front part of our mind would not yet or our brain would not yet fully be developed until we were in our 20s and so <laughs> so, so yeah to answer your question uh there is there are definite approaches that you have to take dealing with different different people their age group their generation what they value well, i love the whole mind body soul um behind it 100 percent eating right, exercising, your moderate work schedule. If you're following all that, are you less likely to need your help? I mean, um, some will say you follow this lifeline and you're great and you shouldn't have any issues, but I, in all reality, it seems like it goes deeper. That's yeah. How do you want me to uh, respond to that? Give, give me, give me, uh, give me a starting point here, Amy. I, I think I think we're kind of asking is, is a strong focus on your physical well-being create a scenario where you're less likely to have 
other issues that uh, the type of issues that you deal with, Chris? And sometimes eating right and exercising doesn't mean that you, you've hit the, the mind, body, soul. Right. You've only hit one. Right. Uh, I have I have two adult children and uh, and I tell them, you know, when it comes to car maintenance, you can pay now or pay later. <laughs> and you can you can put the effort towards preventative maintenance or you will put the money and the resources towards corrective maintenance. And, uh, you know, that's that's true with every aspect of our of our beings. You know, whether it's, you know, it's uh, body, soul, spirit, whatever that is, you're, you're going to need to be intentional with how you steward this life that you've been given and, uh, and the amount of investment you make in that you will see over the long, long term. That doesn't mean that it, life gets easier for you. As a matter of fact, uh, it's not going to be better for you if life does get easier for you. But I, I do think that... Um, you know, a lot of it comes down to what will we do as far as prevention uh, versus what will we have to do, uh, you know, as far as corrective or recovery measures. Chris, how does someone recognize that they may be experiencing a problem that directly affects their mental health? I mean, is it always pretty obvious or... Uh, is it, it, do people not necessarily seek help because they really don't know what the problem is? Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Gary. I, I, to me, I tell people, you know, um, lean on those who are closest to you, who love you, who you trust and who are safe to give you the feedback, the honest feedback that you need as far as how you're doing. You know, that's a, there, we all, we all desire to be self-aware. I mean, I think that is such an important virtue to culture in our life, you know, to foster in our lives. But, uh, you know, there's, there's only so much of that, that you can, that you can actually believe that you know about yourself. There's always, we've always got our blind spots. And, uh, and I think, um, you know, just an immediate response to your question would be, it's helpful to have people who you trust and who will tell you the truth, you know, to allow them to give you feedback on, mm -hmm. do they see anything, you know, that's there, have they noticed a difference in you? And then I think, you know, we can, we can, if we give ourselves the permission, you know, to be honest with ourselves, then, then we know, uh, you know, is there a lack of motivation? Am I, am I leaning on, you know, things that maybe aren't the healthiest for me to help me feel better about myself, to help me to cope, uh, you know, to help me self-regulate? Um, those are the things that, um, you know, that I would always, you know, encourage people to pay attention to, to throughout the course of the day and the week. You mentioned these, uh, have electronic devices, the content, the algorithms that feed people content that's tied to just their interests and their likes, the things they've clicked on is does all of that lead to issues that you've had to deal with? I feel like you guys are just throwing me up these nice slow balls and I can just <laughs> crush them to the fence if I want to, but yes, yeah, yes. Okay. And so, so, uh, you know, as, uh, we can pan to my, uh, you know, to my license and my certificates on the wall to tell you that, uh, in my professional opinion, 
too much stimulation is too much stimulation on a neurological load. And, uh, and if we're not careful, you know, that can begin at a very early age. Uh, it is not just, it, it, it's not just that it's habitual, it can become addicting, you know, to where we are, we're a culture that is not only trying to figure out how do we seek personal comfort, but, uh, but there's an aspect of amusement. And amusement is different than being curious and being entertained, you know, that that prefix ah negates what follows next, right. And so, you know, amusement is a sense of just putting your mind in neutral, and just going with the flow of whatever it is that is stimulating you and not worrying about anything. It's where we get amusement parks. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but when it comes to yes, you know, we, we carry these personal devices that are just incredible, incredible uh, entertainment systems and distractionary advice, uh, you know, devices, and, and, uh, and they can wear us out without us knowing because the stimulation actually feels fun. It's not something that feels negative. We don't realize it's taking maybe a mental toll on us until mm -hmm. we're far, far down that road further yeah. than we want it to be. So true. I just got back from a conference and it was on rural America, development, economic development. Um, we had 17 different states there and it was right at the end, we had a speaker that said, um, I'm just going to kind of take you backwards, kind of a conclusion or summary of all of this. And I want all of you to close your eyes. And for 15 seconds, I want you to think about what's extremely important to you. What is so important? So for 15 seconds, we closed our eyes, we wrote them down. And he said, um, is Facebook on your list? You know, social media on your list, playing video games on your list. And he went down through and just gave us a time frame, the average adult, and then went down into the children under the age of 18. And it's just unreal. Even someone my age, 33 days a year spent on social media, 48 days a year spent watching TV. And it's not even on our list of what's important. So he was just dialing in, make important what's important. So, and it should be, we should be first on our list. It should be you. It should be your family. It should be eating right and exercising and mental health, mind, body, soul. He kept mm -hmm. saying, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. That's true. Amy, um, it's, it sounds like, uh, he was also trying to address situations that might cause you some stress. Um, how, how do we all, uh, in general, just because we're, yeah, we're about ready to run out of time here. Uh, let's kind of sum up with some uh, inspiration uh, from the pastoral counselor. Uh, okay. Uh, help, help us all get rid of a little bit of stress. How does Chris get rid of a little bit of stress? Uh, you know, here's, here's the thing, Gary, Amy. Um, and I and I love I love engaging, uh, you know, especially especially younger men with this, but it's applicable with both genders. Uh, a certain amount of stress is good for us. It's good. We were built for it. You know, I, I tell younger guys, I said, you need to think of yourself as a pickup truck. Uh, those trucks don't quite drive the way they're meant to unless they're hauling a load. And, uh, and so there's a certain amount of stress that actually serves us well, because, you know, it keeps us inspired, it keeps us focused, it keeps us pushing forward, we don't stall out, we don't get stuck. But the question becomes, at what point is the payload too much, and we're overworking, you know, 
you know, our drivetrain, we're overworking, you know, the, the, you know, the undercarriage of a vehicle, our tires and so forth. And uh, so I think, you know, that again, knowing um, how do we have fun? How do we tend to our soul? Um, how do we take time to just sort of be rather than, you know, do, do, do all the time? Uh, I am a, uh, I, I am a very active person and I love, I love a fast pace of life. I love being engaged. I love being busy. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, I need to be aware that I have my limits. And so just a daily practice of things that I know is going to allow me to downshift, take a breath, refresh. I think a lot of that starts with sleep. That may sound, that may sound obvious and it's harder for me as a middle-aged man, you know, or a little, you know, a little beyond that to, uh, to get quality sleep. Uh, but I think ways that we refresh ourselves physically with proper nutrition, exercise, even something as simple as getting some sunlight and taking a walk releases just endorphins into our, you know, brain that is just so, so helpful. Uh, you know, we get the word psychology uh, from the ancient word uh, soul. It's found in the Bible. It's the ancient word psyche. And that, that's, the, that's the, uh, the combination of our mind and our will and our emotions. Your mind is not the hardware. That's the brain. Your mind is the software that operates that. And your, and your mind can continually be challenged in learning and being curious you know, again, it's like, you know, don't, don't allow yourself to get into a, a rut, but allow yourself to explore things and to be expanding, you know, the way that your mind exercises itself and thinks. And then, you know, as far as your will, it's good for us, no matter how old we are to continue to do hard things, to take on challenges, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in a, in a way that doesn't define me as a person, my success isn't based on you know, a goal that I might set, but good, healthy objectives keep us fine-tuned mentally. And then, uh, you know, be, be aware of the things that can trigger and promote negative emotion in your life versus positive emotion in your life. Uh, those are the things that I think are, are unique. They're, they're sort of, you know, individualized the way that is, but they're the common things that we all sort of value and cherish. And then the spiritual aspect of that, you know, I can, I can just, uh, you know, tell you that, that I believe we're all spiritual people. And I think that from my perspective and the way that I approach that, I believe that begins with recognizing that, uh, that I believe that I have a creator. I believe I was made in his image. I believe I was built to sync up with him. And the more that I pursue things that allow that integration in my life, uh, that allows me to live from the inside out, beginning with my spirit, rather than trying to live from the outside in where my five senses are trying to figure out, okay, uh, what are the things that I need to take and assimilate process in my mind and then work out in a way that's going to be somewhat pleasing. It's sort of a reverse order. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, when you, those are the type of things that, that reduce stress. And I'm, a, and I'm an avid, I'm an avid cyclist, Gary, to answer oh, your okay, question. Good. Good. And I'm not talking motorcycle. I'm talking bicyclists. Yeah. No, and so, so I, so I pedal many miles, <laughs> you know, a week, but that's yeah. just something that for me goes back into my childhood. And, uh, and that was a great release and relief for me in my childhood that now I, you know, I carry into my, my adulthood. So I, I, 
I'll step off my platform. You could tell I used to be a pastor because you drop a quarter in me yes, and I can I, I can sort of I, go for a while. I, I mentioned that we were nearing the end of time and it was a, a great conclusion, Chris. And, and I want to point yes. out, and, and I'll, I'll give you a second, Amy, you can let us know whether you agree, but uh, first time talking to you and, and doing it through uh, this format or this platform, uh, I, I can see just in your delivery, your presence, your voice, your pace, he, he, you, would, you would be a very soothing person to talk to if I'm a guy that's e extremely stressed out. Would you agree, Amy? I would, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. just sitting here listening and not even looking at the clock thinking, okay, yeah. let's next yeah. question. <laughs> so. Thank you for those kind words. Yeah. I, really, I do, I really appreciate that. Amy, Amy, any other final thoughts here before we conclude? No, this has been great. And I, I, I will say I had definitely been taking notes, some key words that you had. So this is. Yeah. Yeah. Words to live by. Well, we thank you all for joining us again. Uh, we're here every week at uh, Fridays at 1230 for the Healthy Harrison podcast. And it's a program just to uh, help you find ways to live a healthier uh, life. Uh, and again, that includes your physical body and uh, your mind. Uh, it's It's all intertwined. It's all connected and all important. Uh, so it's our goal to change uh, the state, change your state of mind, uh, and eventually uh, have a uh, platform, a program, a template that we can take all over the state of West Virginia. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsors uh, each and every week, WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. You can learn more by visiting healthyharrison.org or visiting Healthy Harrison on Facebook. A special thanks to our uh, production team, Dylan Sheldon and Eric Tomlinson of Interaction Media. We couldn't do this without them. Chris Campbell, the uh, CEO and president, not founder. And I know Larry, because I used to be a tennis player. Oh, Larry's okay. Tennis yeah. Player, right? yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, glad we got that right. Chris Campbell, President and CEO of Resolutions Counseling. Thanks so much. Big help. Appreciate you taking time. Uh, pleasure being here. Thank you guys so much. All right. And we thank, thank you, Chris. Of, yeah. We thank all of you for joining us and hope you'll be our guest next week. Our, um, our focus will be again on developing healthy lifestyles. And we'll be speaking with uh, Bridgeport family practice doctor, Dr. Kelly Nelson. Hope you can join us for that. Thanks again. Uh, pleasure. And we'll see you next week.